So do you need to get your head straight? Do you need to crush some serious goals, not your soul? Do you need to get out of your own way? And do you need to tell the imposter syndrome to bugger off? Then you are in for a treat in today's podcast. You're listening to The Untapped Podcast, a podcast where you can learn how to tap into your potential and get paid to be you so that you are ultimately doing the work that you love and living life on purpose. It sounds too good to be true. I can tell you it's not. I'm your host, Natalie Sisson, a Kiwi entrepreneur, author, speaker, podcaster, obviously, triathlete, and white German shepherd lover. And I have gone from the corporate world to my own business, where for the last 11 years, I have essentially been learning and educating people how to build an online business they love by monetizing them and what they do best. So sit back, relax, and enjoy these golden nuggets with myself or my amazing and inspiring guests. And make sure that you subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you happen to listen into this. Just search for Untapped with Natalie Sisson. All right, let's dive in. My guest today is Tara Wagner, and we are talking about one of the most important topics, in my mind at least, imposter syndrome. But more importantly than that, we're just really talking about the difference between the mindset that you need to be a successful entrepreneur and the actions that you need to take and the goodness in between. So Tara's a belief breakthrough coach. She's been doing this since 2010, and she helps female entrepreneurs get their heads, hearts, and habits straight. So without further ado, sit back, take notes, and let's dive in. Tara Wagner, welcome to the Untapped Podcast. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh, me too, because what we're going to dive into and talk about today is something that is such a hot topic with Mm -hmm. all my clients, with my 10K club, with even myself right now as I've been Mm -hmm. writing my book. But we'll come into that in a little moment because first of all, I want to know how you tap into your potential and get paid to be you. Oh my gosh. So I get paid to be me by helping other women basically tap into their potential. So I am what's called a belief breakthrough coach. I specifically work with female entrepreneurs, helping them get their mindset, their heads, their habits, their hearts straightened out so they can crush their goals and not their soul. Because that's the background that I came from. And it took me so much learning, so many years, so many trial and errors to figure out how do I actually change this thing that's holding me back. There's so much talk about mindset, but it's kind of airy-fairy. It's kind of not specific. It's a general conversation that needs to happen But there's not enough like, okay, but what do I do? And so it was years of me figuring out, okay, I know the problems. What do I do? Once I started figuring that out, I started teaching it to other people. And it's just been my life's passion. I've been doing this for 10 years. And now I specifically work with women in business because I'm so passionate about seeing women succeed in a radically different way than we have defined success. Because we all know, and we have research to back it up, When women succeed, they don't just hoard the success to themselves. They raise up entire communities with them. And I'm so passionate about seeing that happen. And so I just, I love working with women in business to get them out of their own way so they can, yeah, tap into their own potential, see what they can do. Love it. I was going to be like, can I have a heck yeah? I just wanted to like raise the roof there because that's entirely my mission as well. And it's, it's so true. I mean, the research backs it up, but you can just see it in the way that women behave when they're supporting Mm -hmm. others. It's pretty damn empowering. So do you want to just take us back a little bit on that journey then? I mean, 10 years doing this is awesome, but is it self-learned? Did you do courses? Like what got you into going, this is something I just so need to know and understand. What got me into it was massively failing and almost destroying my entire life, marriage, health, business. (laughs) I was what you would define as a classic hot mess. I started out in business actually when I was 18, started working for myself, went full-time when I was about 20 and tried to scale very quickly and just kept messing myself up over and over and over again. I was struggling massively with imposter syndrome, but didn't even know what that was. Struggling massively with just, oh, I mean, literally I could probably list about 10 different mindsets in terms of what really was tripping me up. But imposter syndrome, honestly, was probably at the core of all of it because it was the one that was keeping me from solving all the others. 
And because of that, it was about eight years into business that I was working 16 hours a day, seven days a week, constantly trying to create self-worth out of my business, but not having any idea what I was doing in my business because I was too afraid to admit that I didn't know what to do. So I kept just throwing noodles at the wall to see what would stick. And of course, nothing sticks. I was burning myself out. I was making myself sick. I literally had multiple health issues and injuries, some of which I knew about, some of which I didn't know about yet, but I could feel the impact. My marriage was falling apart. I barely saw my son. I was absolutely miserable in every way, shape, and form. And I knew that it came down to me. I knew that this was something that, like, there was a part of me that was like, oh, woe is me. Why is this happening to me? You know, somebody else, like everybody else has the secret. There's something wrong with me. But ultimately, I knew that I was the one that was responsible, that nobody else was going to be responsible for me figuring this out. And I knew that it was going to come down to me bringing my A game and up leveling. And I had no idea what that meant. And so at the time, I don't even think Instagram was around yet. It was always Pinterest. And I was going through like Pinterest quotes and it would tell you to like seize the day and be brave and let go of your fears and just be happy. And I was like, how? (laughs) Like, I already know that I want that. It's already exciting to me, but how in the hell do you actually do any of this stuff? And so um, it was in 2008 when I completely burned out. I remember sitting on the couch with my husband crying and just saying, I can't do this anymore. Like we're losing money on this business. It doesn't make any sense. We would make more money if I just stayed home and gardened. (laughs) And like, (laughs) I just basically was trying to give myself permission to quit because my husband obviously was going to support me. And I just packed it all in. I gave my business away because I didn't even want to go through the hassle of trying to sell it because I knew it wasn't worth anything. Nobody else would want my problems. What was the business that you were in at the time? At the time, I started off as a mobile massage therapist and then I scaled it. And so I had a company with other massage therapists. We did mobile spa parties. We did office events for like employee appreciation. Mm -hmm. We did hotels, um, concierge, working with the concierge, that sort of thing. And it was a disaster. (laughs) It was the most exhausting, most painful, most terrible years of my life. Once I came out of that, went into this healing process and was just trying to figure out what is this? Like this cannot be what life is about. It cannot be either you are happy and broke or you are successful and miserable. Like there has to be a way to be successful in all areas of your life. And I just went on this journey of reading every book and really at that point, it was just about all books. Like I really wasn't introduced to the idea of coaching yet. Courses really hadn't taken off yet. And so it was just like delving into as much as I could in terms of just principles and philosophies and what people were teaching and what were successful people saying and what were successful people doing and how in the world does anybody change the way they think and feel when it's happening so fast, you can't even get ahead of it. You don't realize it's happening until after you already feel like crap and you're, you know, sitting on the couch, eating Doritos, watching, I don't even know if it was Netflix back then, like who knows what I was watching back then, but like totally zoning out and like trying to disconnect from the world because you're so miserable. And then you realize, oh gosh, maybe I shouldn't have done or said that. How do you get ahead of that? And so I spent years studying things and it was a piece of this and a piece of that and a piece of this would start to click. And then when we started kind of, I was doing things before I realized that I was doing things. I was Mm -hmm. starting to make changes. I was starting to blog just from our personal life, sharing our gardening, sharing our parenting, things like that. And I had people coming to me asking me for coaching. And I was like, well, coaching is basically just getting on the phone and talking to them. So I guess I could do that. And as I started coaching, I started realizing I actually have a process here. All of these pieces that I've taken and putting together, I actually have, it's like a step one, step two, step three, step four. This is how you change things. This is how you rearrange. This is how you up level. This is how you do the things you want to do in your life. And so slowly from that process, I just developed it more and more and continued to teach it. And now here I am 10 years later, still teaching it, still loving it. Never thought I would love a business this long. I'm a very free spirit. Don't lock me down kind of person. So I still love it. Still can talk about it so passionately. It tells me that this is my zone of genius. This is what I meant to be doing. 
Yeah, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. I find it so fascinating that particularly where you were with that, you know, wellness massage business, ironically, Mm -hmm. in the business of keeping other people healthy, that you were burning out and unhealthy. And it's a place of where you're giving, giving all the time and not giving back to yourself. So I just want to, for people listening who might be in that same place, when you just stopped, like when you took count, you talked to your husband and you realized that things had to change. Did you literally stop cold turkey or how long was it that I guess you had between doing that and then going on this sort of personal development journey? So I think I was on the personal development journey before I realized I was on the personal development (laughs) journey because when you're a hot mess, you can't help but notice it and be asking yourself questions and looking for answers. But I think from the time I had that, like pouring out my soul, sobbing on the bed, talking to my husband until I gave my business away, it was probably less than a week. Like it was like, once we made the decision, I was done. I kept a couple of my own private clients for probably about nine months or so. And when I say a couple, I mean like, I think I had two weekly clients that I kept and like three or four monthly clients. It was very, very small. And it was just for us to like have a little bit of income coming in, you know, and take the pressure off. But it was really just like, I had really checked out. And then probably about... I want to say it was about nine to 12 months. I could be off a little bit, but around that time I was like, I can't even do this anymore. Like I need to completely quit. Then it was about a two year gap where it was just, I was just delving into my personal life, my marriage, my parenting, trying to get my health back, trying to get everything back on track. And then we started traveling in 2010. So maybe it was a year of working part-time just with my clients a year of really not doing anything. And then we started to travel and that's when we started. That's when I started coaching and mm-hmm. teaching people. I bet your husband loved having you back. <laughs> and your son. Yes. Yeah. I certainly and hope so. We've yeah. really gotten to the point now where we actually really enjoy spending lots of time together and it feels awkward not to. So like everybody, when they're in lockdown, they're all kind of talking like, I don't know how to spend this much time with my partner. I'm like, man, we've been practicing this for, (laughs) we've been preparing for this for over 10 years. So yeah, we've really gotten to a really healthy place in our life. I'm still working on the health issues. And I'm actually really glad that you pointed out, you know, so many of us as women, we're in some sort of service-based business. Even if it's a product-based business, we're doing it to serve others. And so often we do it at the sacrifice of ourselves and we don't realize that we're the most important tool. And if we burn this tool out, there's no replacing it. And really like when I had my real turnaround, it was probably about five years ago of realizing my self-care needs to be a business task, not a personal task. Mm -hmm. And I'm, like I said, I'm still to this day paying the price and healing my body from the damage I did 15 years ago. Wow. So it's definitely not worth it for anybody listening. You <laughs> absolutely must remember that if you want to be successful, you, you get to be healthy, as healthy as you possibly can be. I came into this with disabilities. I realize that there will always be some physical limitations that I'll have, but that is no excuse for self-neglect. Mm-hmm. Preach it. I love it. And I'm so glad that you carried that theme on because even just during lockdown, even though my business was thriving and I was feeling more on purpose than ever, I definitely had a period where I just took it too far. And even though I was, you know, yoga and rituals and saunas and all the things, I still wasn't switching off enough or giving myself that time to just rest and re-energize. Um, And yeah, definitely got close to burnout again. And I was like, really, Natalie, this is the third time. My type of personality, I know it can be more common. And you're probably the same, but as you said, there's no excuses. So just being much more mindful and cognizant of that, because even though we've probably both built businesses now with digital products and courses and things that can potentially go on without us, that's not how we want to show up. We want to be there to serve and we want to be there to make an impact, but not at the expense of our health or our sanity. We really need to remember that our family, our people in our lives, the people in our business, they deserve the best of us and not just what's rest, the rest of us, right? Mm-hmm. Or like I like to say, people deserve your best self, not your stressed self. Mm. And we really remember in times like this, the stress levels have gone up. The information overload has gone up. And that means your efforts need to go up. So what was working six months ago is not going to work now. And I went through the same thing over this whole period of like, 
okay, I was in a really good place. Why am I feeling so stressed? Well, of course, like the entire world is stressed out. That means you need to kick up your self-care levels like 10 notches so that you're above where the rest of the world is so that you can show up as your best self, not your stressed self. You can't serve anyone if you're burnt out. You just can't. So it doesn't matter how passionate you feel about what's going on right now. It doesn't matter how much you want to serve. If you are truly passionate about making a difference, you must take care of yourself. To do anything else is absolutely selfish. It is putting the wrong things in front of the right things. It's putting your ego in front of what's absolutely necessary to make the difference you want to make. Yeah. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. And it's funny when people might be listening going, I'm selfish because it really is. If you're not going to show up and give yourself that time and space to re-energize and totally get back to your core and give yourself that self-love and self-compassion first, you are never going to be giving a hundred percent to others and yeah. doing your best work and making the best impact. It's just, it's so hard to realize that when you're in the middle of oh, it, it is. and kind of stuck oh, in is. that grind or not, hopefully not Absolutely. grind for people listening, but when you're in that flow of really enjoying what you're doing and it keeps going and it keeps getting better, that's actually the time when you, I think you need to take stock most, right? And just go, yeah. oh, wait a minute. Have I had enough time out? Have I had enough care time, self time, massage, yeah. all those things? and just checking yourself. So that's why I love my Freedom Fridays. I take every Friday off as a digital from work and just do creative stuff or gardening or walking or hiking or nothing. And it it really makes a difference, especially at the end of a a big week. And it powers me through the rest of the week because I put my all into those other days knowing that I've got this beautiful, big, spacious time out. Yeah, I love Um, that you do that. I do the same thing. And I think that more and more we're going to see that in the future more businesses moving to four hour work days. You know, it used to be like five hour work days were unheard of until we were doing them. Right. And I think that we're going to continue that trend and we're going to see a trend towards four day work weeks. (laughs) It used to be six days was the norm. Five days was outlandish. Four days seems impossible until you're doing it. Once Mm -hmm. I started doing it, oh my gosh, it made such a big difference on my creativity, my productivity, how I could show up for my clients how I could show up for my content, like everything just increased because there was more of a healthier balance in my life. Yeah. That's funny, isn't it? It's like the Pomodoro technique when you use that 25 Mm -hmm. minute period to crunch that most important thing into that time. It actually makes you use that time much more focused way. So going from five days to four days makes you do the same. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about one of the key topics of why you're on the show for sure. Is yeah. that, you know, I found your work through your focus on specifically mindset, but very, very much so imposter syndrome. Yeah. And as I mentioned to you, I feel like it's become the buzzword or the word du jour, the word of the day for so for many sure. people. And I'm curious about your thoughts on that because I know I've been using it a lot. And then I was like, wait a minute, am I giving it too much preference? Is it because mm. we keep using this as a term, we're almost getting ourselves off the hook. Oh, well, that's just my imposter syndrome. Or I didn't do this because of my imposter syndrome. Or I derailed my plans because of my imposter syndrome. So yeah, I'd love for you to talk to this topic because it's huge and it it really is limiting in so many, particularly women's lives, but for many. Yeah. So it is huge. And I think that it's getting a lot of discussion right now because mindset in general is getting a lot of discussion right now. We're finally talking about the fact that your mindset will affect what you do, how you do it, when you do it, why you do it, everything, right? That doesn't mean necessarily that mindset is the most important thing. It just means that it's the foundational thing. And without it, everything else you're going to do is going to fall apart. But that doesn't mean you can just work on your mindset and everything's going to you know, fall into place. There's other stuff we get to do with that. Although but I, I think caveat, I think it is the most important thing. Like if you don't have your mindset right, or you're not constantly working on it, it can derail everything else. It definitely can. But here's the thing. I have known so many happy, joyful people who are broke AF because they don't have the strategy, Mm -hmm. right? And so instead of looking at it as the most important thing, that's why I like to call it the foundational thing. Mm -hmm. It's super important. You can't have a house without a foundation, but you also can't have a house without walls and doors and windows. You also can't have a house without the people that you love and the things that you love in it, right? So it's a huge piece of it. It's super important, but even as a belief breakthrough coach, even doing this for 10 years, I'm really careful to tell people it's not the most important thing because 
right now what I'm seeing is this trend towards people spending so much time on their quote unquote mindset that they're not actually taking action. Yeah. And the thing that will change your mindset the fastest is through taking action, taking action on your mindset, taking action in your business. In fact, when people come to me and they're like, you know, I don't have confidence in what I'm doing. How do I get confidence so that I can do what I want to do? Like sales, for instance, how can I get confidence so that I can do sales? Well, a big part of your confidence is going to be learning sales strategies, Mm -hmm. right? Feeling confident in your skills. And then it's going to be getting out there and putting it into practice. And the confidence actually comes through the action of doing the things that are scary on the onset. Whereas most people will say, well, I've got to get the confidence first and then I'll go and do the sales. And they don't realize that you cannot have confidence. You cannot build a mindset. You cannot be happy. You cannot do the things you want to do or have the things you want to have without taking some of those actions. And so it's, I kind of think of them more as 50, 50, and I know they're not, it's actually really more 80, 20 towards mindset but I encourage people to look at it 50-50 because so many people right now are so addicted to the idea of mindset. They're so addicted to buying another book and watching another video and listening to another podcast and doing their affirmations, but they're not doing the things. Mm-hmm. And if you don't do the things, you can't have the things. If you don't, yeah. right? Like if you yeah. don't actually take the action, you're not going to feel the way you want to feel. I guess as an action taker, that's my superpower. It was just implied because once I've had that shift in the mindset, then I go and do the work to make it happen. Such a good point, actually, Natalie. So I find that that's true. If you are a natural action taker, oftentimes you need to slow down and work more on your mindset. Mm. For other people, they need to be taking more action. And those tend to be the people I work the most with. Mm. They're the people that are struggling to take the action and they're trying to just work on their mindset. And they're kind of doing it in a bubble, right? Mm -hmm. It's like the idea of, have you heard the term shelf esteem? Like when no. you buy the books, <laughs> buy all the books and they make you feel really good, but you're not actually implementing what you're learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I love that. <laughs> yeah. So it really does. That's a really good point. And I'm glad that you pointed that out. For the action takers, you need to slow down. You need to make sure that you're taking mindful, conscious action on the right things, approaching them the right way. And that's all going to come down to your mindset. But for the people who are, focusing so much on how they feel, what they think, why they think it, what was my childhood history that led to that? You need to be integrating more action into your work. Awesome. That's a really great clarification. Perfect. So let's come to imposter syndrome then in particular, because there are many mindset blocks and limiting beliefs, but I do feel this is, as you said, it's one that's kind of overarching to a lot of the others. It, It almost relates to a lot of the others. So in your definition, what is imposter syndrome? So the simplest definition of imposter syndrome, I'm going to give you a description and then I'm going to give you a definition. The simplest description of it is when on the outside, you look like you have it all together. Other people think you have it all together. And on the inside, your stomach is in knots and you're thinking things like, I shouldn't be here. Somebody's going to find me out. I have no idea what I'm doing. I can't believe somebody would pay me for this. I shouldn't be paid for this. I feel bad about being paid for this. You know, an opportunity comes along and you either say no to it outright because who the hell am I to try to say yes to something like that? I'm by no means an expert. I shouldn't be standing up. I shouldn't be doing that thing. Or if you do it, you're always a little bit afraid. So you're never going a hundred percent on it and you're never going 110% on it. You're maybe like at 80. And so you never really realize the full potential of what you can do because of this idea of who the hell am I? Mm -hmm. But in the simplest definition, all imposter syndrome is a belief that I'm not good enough. No matter what I do, I'm not good enough. So you can have all the certificates, you can have all of the accolades, you can have all of the social proof, you can have all of the testimonials, you can have all the experience in the world But if your belief is still saying, I'm not good enough, it's still going to create that same experience where you're turning down opportunities or you're not fully tapping into opportunities because if you do, what's that going to do? It's going to take you right up against your fear. You're going to finally see, according to your mind, you're going to see that you're not good enough and nobody really wants to see that. So we hold ourselves back from those things that will, will threaten that nice little, you know, comfort zone that we're currently in. I can see how taking action in that moment, just in that piece that you described, 
would be the absolute logical step most of the time. And I know you can tell me different, but it just feels like if that's what your mind's telling you, I feel like it's up to you to prove through action that that's not the case. And the smallest possible step is going to take you a little bit closer to going, oh, actually, hang on a minute, maybe I have got this. Uh, Is that right? Sometimes, and sometimes (laughs) it's not. So this is where I differ from a lot of people. I tend to find that the truth is in the middle (laughs) and what applies to one person does not apply to somebody else. And this is where we kind of get to navigate and dance a little bit with our mindset, our beliefs and figure out what is going to work for us. Because if you go into that situation with this belief, I'm not good enough, that belief is a little bit like a lens over your eyes. If you're looking through blue tinted glasses, things will look blue. It doesn't matter if you take an action that should prove that something's not blue your lens is still there. And until you learn how to take that lens off, everything you see is going to be tinted by that lens. And so taking the action, like for instance, let's say your belief is I'm not good enough. And if I'm not good enough, putting myself out there, let's say pitching myself to 10 podcast people, right? To be on 10 podcasts, everybody's going to say no, because I'm not good enough. Let's say you go ahead and you take the action anyway, and you pitch yourself and let's say two of them say yes, right? Or four of them or six of them say yes. Your mind is still going to say, oh, but I'm still not good enough. They said yes to take pity on me. They said yes because they didn't have an option or they felt obligated. They said yes because they don't really know who I am, right? And so this is then going to impact, do you show up for that podcast or do you cancel on them? How do you show up? Do you feel confident or do you shirk back a little bit, right? So sometimes the action is not going to make the difference, at least on the onset. Now, enough of the action will start to change the tint, right? We'll start to, like, you're looking at something red through blue tinted glasses and it looks purple, but over time you do that often enough and you're going to start to realize this is actually red. It may still sometimes look purple, but I actually know that this is red. And so your logical mind can start to take over and that happens more through practice And then sometimes if it's not that big of a belief, one action can be all that is necessary. You hear one idea, you see one person doing something and you're like, wow, I didn't know that was possible. And now I do. And so your entire mindset changes around something. So it really does vary. And it's not ever a cut and dry thing. Mm -hmm. So sometimes, yes, the action will be enough. And sometimes you need to do some work with the actions. Yeah, I love it. Thanks for um, clarifying that. And I think it also just shows how intricate our minds are and how unique they are to each of us, right? Um, Absolutely. How much of the imposter syndrome in particular, especially that belief of I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy enough, all too common, comes from childhood trauma and experiences versus life experience and your expert opinion from what you've seen? You know, I don't think I've ever really kind of quantified or looked at percentage-wise where is it coming from. I do know research shows us 70% of women deal with imposter syndrome at some point in life. And the only Mm. women that don't deal with it are the women that are not trying to do something new, Mm. right? So they're kind of like they're in their comfort zone and they're good. (laughs) Like maybe they're just content where they are or maybe they have no desire to push the envelope, right? It's only when we are trying to strive for something bigger than what we have experienced, what we have been taught is, you know, possible, um, what we have, you know, ever wanted to do in our lives. When we start to push against that ceiling, that's when we're going to feel imposter syndrome. So the first thing I always tell everybody is if you're feeling imposter syndrome, it doesn't mean anything's wrong. It just means you're doing big, important things. People who don't do big, important things don't feel big emotions, And that's all this really is, is just this big emotion, this big idea. And it's stirring up because you're actually on a good path. You're doing something important. In terms of where it comes from, you know, I can tell you this. It doesn't all come from childhood trauma. It doesn't all come from limiting beliefs. There's actually a fair amount of data that shows that some of this can actually be biological, right? So for instance, let me pull up some of my notes here so that it actually quote this properly and I don't get this messed up. (laughs) Okay. So we have a difference in brain structure between men and women, right? Men have different hormones than women have. And research has actually shown that when women are 
in situations like this, they're more like, likely to activate parts of their brain that are associated with overthinking, with worrying, with forming strong emotional attachments and creating negative associations around events, right? And part of this is likely because of estrogen. Estrogen does things like encourage bonding and connection, but what that actually does is it inadvertently discourages things like risk-taking or conflict, Mm -hmm. which makes this really great cocktail for people-pleasing. So a lot of times when we're pushing the envelope, we're experiencing imposter syndrome. For many women, what can be happening is I'm afraid to offend somebody. I'm afraid to make somebody upset. I'm afraid to do something that's never been done in my family before. What will people think of me? If I go after this position, am I taking it from someone else? Right? We have this natural tendency that makes us want to look at other people first and take care of other people first. And putting those other people first can sometimes in our minds mean we need to look at ourselves as less right? Who am I? This person is better. I need to put them first. Now, does our culture also play into this? Absolutely. <laughs> does our upbringing play into this? Absolutely. They even say that because as a culture, many times girls are praised for being sweet, for making other people happy, whereas boys are praised for taking risks, for being daring, for being brave. These things can play into it as well. And yes, if you've experienced trauma, if you've experienced lessons from your family that maybe weren't directly traumatic, but maybe you, you know, you saw people try and fail, you could inadvertently pick up a belief that, you know, taking risks is dangerous. That can put your family at risk. That can put your happiness at risk. It's better to just kind of stay small, hold back, not put yourself into these situations. If you see what's happening now where people are putting themselves out there, they make a mistake and then they get attacked for that mistake. That makes a lot of people not want to put themselves out there or play bigger or share their message because who am I? I'm probably wrong. What will other people think? And so on. So there's a really messy cocktail that can go into what's feeding our imposter syndrome. And sometimes that's helpful to look at. And sometimes it's a complete distraction and it turns into navel gazing and we need to be really, really careful. Most importantly, it's important to understand just enough of it to understand what's going to help you to take those steps forward. And that way you're not spiraling down into, you know, the past that you can't change versus keeping your eyes focused on, but who am I now and what am I capable of and what am I able to learn? What am I able to do? What can I figure out? And where do I want to go? Right. And just keeping our mind on that forward focus. Love it. So you've already started touching on some of the ways people can move past it or deal Mm -hmm. with it. And, you know, I've been feeling it a lot more in the last couple of months because I've stepped way out of my comfort zone and created this beautiful new membership and launched a course and done all the things. And at the time it feels really shitty. I think when you're like dealing with it, ah, But I also love that it's a sign of that you're doing the right thing. As you said, it's like you're on the edge of that precipice of growth, that you are doing things that matter, that are going to make an impact and that are scary and exciting. So I love to get kind of flipping the switch when I'm getting a little bit like, actually, no, this is a great sign. But what would you say to your clients without giving away all your beautiful secrets and who you help? You know, what are some of the key actions that we can take? when we're experiencing that in the moment? Like, is it about getting it in the moment as well as the deep work behind it? Yeah. So I teach a a masterclass on this. It's a smaller course to kind of give people the tools to be able to tackle this particular thing. And then I have a larger mindset course that's just like, how do you change anything about your mindset? When it comes to imposter syndrome, the first thing you need to understand is where is this impacting you, right? So when I'm going through this class, I talk about eight steps. And one of the very first ones is we need awareness. You need to understand where this is showing up and how this is holding you back. And one of the things that I really like to ask people to do is ask yourself, where would I be had I not been dealing with this up to this point? What possibly could have been you know, happening by now, if I had dealt with this imposter syndrome years ago, what opportunities have I missed? What have I tried and flopped at? Because I really just didn't put my whole self in there because I really just didn't think I should or, or that I could. 
right? And that's that awareness is integral because although I don't want anybody navel gazing, I don't want anyone thinking they have to dredge up 30 years of past history. There is awareness that needs to happen before you can move forward because your history is part of what's going to make up your map, right? Your map forward is going to be based on where you're at right now. And you got to kind of look around, take inventory in order to be able to create that map and start moving forward. So that's the first thing that I tell people to do. Um, another thing that I really, really want people to do is I want them to look and see how that imposter syndrome has tried to serve them. So the reason for this is because so many times as women, when we feel bad or we experience something like this, what we then do is add insult to injury by beating ourselves up for it. So not only are we feeling not good enough, but then we're feeling like an idiot because we don't feel good enough. And then we feel guilty because we feel like an idiot. And then we feel, and it's just this spiral effect, right? If we can start to understand that every single thing we do is an attempt to meet our needs, even stupid things, even things like scrolling Pinterest and binge watching Pretty Little Liars and, or maybe that's a movie. What's the other one I'm thinking of? You know what I'm talking about, binge watching something, even that is an attempt to meet a need. It's not always a helpful attempt, but it's an attempt. Mm -hmm. And even all of the, the actions that you've taken, the holding yourself back, the not feeling good enough, the ways that you've tried to protect yourself, all of those are an attempt to meet a need. And if you can take some time and understand, okay, where has this actually been trying to serve me? Maybe there has been some benefit to this so far. Maybe this has led you to some aha moments. Maybe this has led you to a greater awareness. This is going to allow you to do better work in the future. Like, where can you just have some gratitude for this work, right? Where is your imposter syndrome an absolute lie? Like, just sit down and write out, like, what's, how is this just not true? Like, I've got certifications. I've got experience. I've got testimonials literally compile this in front of you and print it all out if you have to so that you can sit down and look at something black and white and say, this is not true. This is just simply not true. And then I like to ask people to do one of the hardest things ever, which is what's true about this, right? Sometimes we have imposter syndrome because we know there's a gap and we're not filling it, right? If we're afraid to show up on something, maybe it's because we know, you know what, I'm actually not that great when it comes to X, Y, or Z. And I, I feel like I need to put myself out there and pretend that I am, but I know that this is a gap for me. I know I'm missing skills in this area. I use an example in my class of a photographer, right? Let's say you're a photographer, you take great pictures, but you feel imposter syndrome when you're around other really great photographers, or when you're telling your prices to someone else, you're like, who am I to price this? Like, I know I'm not good enough, right? Well, sit down and look at why. Like, what is it that you really know are your gaps? Are there things you need to learn about your industry, about your tools, about your skills? Are there things you need to level up? Be honest with yourself because some of that confidence is going to come through skill, through knowledge, right? I didn't have confidence to do my multiplication tables until I learned the skill and then I had the confidence. So we can't assume to have the confidence before we have the skills. Now we have to be careful with this because as we were talking about before, like we just love to get one more certification. Let's add some more letters behind our name. Let me go to one more class. Let me figure mm -hmm. something else out. Like let me hire somebody else to do something. And then I will feel like an expert. If that's what you're doing, if you're looking at all this proof in front of you and you really are good. And here's the thing. Here's the real test, Natalie. If you can point to other people doing what you're doing successfully and you think you don't have enough skill, but they probably have it like the same skill or less and they're making what you're making or what you want to be making. They have the lifestyle that you want to have. Like they're happy the way that you want to be happy. Then your idea that this is a gap that you need to fill is a lie. It's not the truth, mm -hmm. right? But yeah, if you can really look powerful. and you can say, okay, these are some really successful people that I look up to and these are things that I know in my industry are standard and I need them and I don't have them. And that's really like, it's causing me to hold myself back, fix that thing. Mm -hmm. But you really need to be careful when you're looking at what's true and what's a lie yeah. because our brain, that lens, it will tell us one thing when it's absolutely the opposite. 
Yeah, I love that. And I love doing an audit of all the things that are true so that it's right there in front of you, factually correct. Like, no, yes. th- these aren't the things. So yes. let's discount that. And then let's really hold a mirror up and go, so what is the gap or what is the lack here? What is it yeah. really telling me? Right. Yeah, I really, really and love is that. is there anything? It may, yeah. There may not be anything. For some people, they have the skills, they have the knowledge, they have the tools, and they just have the fear. And they mm. just need to focus on the fear. But for, for many people, especially newer entrepreneurs, oftentimes what they're really paying attention to is the gap. They are here. They want to be there. They think they can't be successful until they are there. And yet they don't know how to get there. And you get there by filling in the gaps, by learning the skills and slowly getting yourself there and not over delivering or over promising yourself, right? Don't show up as the expert. If you know, you're not that expert yet, but what are you an expert in, right? Promote yourself as being that expert. I am in the expert at taking children photography, but not baby photography. I am the expert at coaching in, you know, keto diets or paleo diets, but I'm not the expert in fitness, right? Like don't promise something that you know you can't deliver, but if you know that that's a gap for you and you want to be able to promise that, work on it. Yeah. Just turn it into a habit and start drilling away at it so that you can fill in those gaps so that you can get to the place you want to get to. And it, I always go back to, have you ever heard that video by Ira Glass called The Gap? I think I have actually, yeah. It's yeah. a really, really beautiful illustration. And he's talking about creatives, but I think most entrepreneurs <gasps> yes, are creatives. I'll link to it in the show notes. It is beautiful. Yes. I highly recommend anybody who is struggling with this to go to that because oftentimes what he really talks about is you're judging yourself based on your potential, where you think you, what you know is good, where you want to be, and you're not giving yourself the time, the skill, the ability, the patience, the tools you need to be able to actually get there. You're saying, because I'm not there now, that means I'm not good enough. Instead of, I have this amazing ability inside me and I just have to follow the path to get there. Yeah. Yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful video. It is. Thank you for reminding me of that one. Do you think there are stages to this? Because I asked when I started out, I had, I think sometimes what you don't know, you don't know is really powerful because you just forge ahead and go, well, I'm just going to figure that out. I'm going to learn. I'm going to yeah. do this step by step. And that was Very the true. same for me when I started out with my blog. I just learned and then I applied and I learned and I applied yes. and I got more confidence. And I feel like then there was a little bit of imposter syndrome once I got to a certain period of success. And then I sort of pushed through that and found this new learning again. So always being in a state of curiosity and learning. Yeah. Felt like the imposter syndrome was was laid to rest at that point because I wasn't saying I'm the expert. I was just really curious and excited to learn. And then I felt like you get to a point where you actually do have a lot of expertise and people really look up to you in that space. And that's where I feel you either have to do that next layer of growth and mm-hmm. find yourself on the edge of that growth, or you kind of become complacent and settle, like you were saying before, how yeah. people won't be experiencing it when they're not in a stage of growth. Do you find that there are stages? Because just thinking back on that journey, I've definitely been through it. Sometimes that ignorance around what you don't know allows you to just go full steam ahead and sometimes surpass mm-hmm. people who do have more skills than you because you're just going for it. Yeah. Yes, I think you're absolutely right. It might be helpful for some people, though, instead of looking at it as stages, to look at it as just evolution. If you Mm -hmm. think about your comfort zone, right, we all have seen the picture of like, this is your comfort zone, this is where the magic lies. If you think of your comfort zone, when you are feeling imposter syndrome, it's because you're pushing on that comfort zone, right? And as you push, you expand it. And then you kind of hit your stride. You're like, I've got this, I'm doing good, I'm getting results, things are great, If you're growing, which in the universe, everything's either growing or shrinking. You only have two options. There's no standing still. Everything is growing or shrinking. So if you continue to grow, what had become your comfort zone has now become uncomfortable again because you're pushing Mm -hmm. against that new outer limit. Mm -hmm. And so you push, you expand it again. Now you're in your stride. You feel good. You've got all of the space that's comfortable to you now. And then you start realizing it's time to grow again. And so you push again. And so I think there's always this dance of like fun stride. This is great. I'm doing it. And tension, right? When it's time to grow, you're going to feel the tension. It's like putting on a sweater that shrunk in the dryer. It used to fit you great. It doesn't fit you great anymore. You need a new sweater. And I think that if we remember this, number one, two things can happen we stop judging ourselves for the fact that we feel 
tension when we grow, we start to realize that this is a good thing and we associate it in a positive way. So now it feels like a good thing. Like, oh, like this is exciting. It's a challenge. I'm up for it, right? Instead of, oh my gosh, I'm here again. I suck. What am I doing? You know, why can't I ever get ahead? I'm just going backwards, whatever it is we tell ourselves. And just that alone is going to make the experience so much better when we just stop judging it. But also it's just important that we keep in mind that if we're not ever experiencing that tension, it means we're shrinking. We don't see it yet, but you're shrinking. There's nothing in the universe that is not expanding or shrinking. You only have two ways you can go. There is no sitting still. So you may have created and expanded this comfort zone and you're hitting your stride and you're feeling good. You're growing in that situation. You're not standing still. You're growing toward the edge of that new comfort zone. You're going to hit it again. You need to hit it again because if you're not, you're going backwards. The more you think I've hit it and here, I don't have to do anything else. I mean, as soon as you think that, that's going to be your downfall. That's when you start to fall apart again. So it's absolutely normal. It's cyclical. It comes back around anytime you're ready for the next level. And I hope that you're always going to be ready for that next level. Like, you know, there's a time and a place of like, hey, I hit this new level. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm just going to like play with this for a little while, but I don't want anybody to stay there. Like human beings are who we are because of our desire for growth. Mm. We would not be on this planet today if we did not have this unending desire for growth and expansion and improvement. And if we accept the status quo now as it is, I'm sorry, I don't think we're going to be real happy with that in 20 years. We need to embrace this idea that discomfort is a good thing. It means we're stretching and growing. It's like going to the gym and getting sore afterwards. That's not a sign you're doing something wrong. That's a sign you're doing something right. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. That eternal leading learner, as I like to call it. And also just being always from that place of curiosity and growth because life's just way more fun there. Sometimes it might be scary and sometimes feel like you don't know what you're doing, but I'd far prefer that than sitting back and going, oh, I already know that. Like when I catch myself sometimes saying that very rarely, I'm like, oh, you want to check yourself on that, Natalie, because you probably don't really know that or there's a lot more you could learn. So don't shut yourself off to that lesson. And that's a sign of a truly successful person, Natalie, is like not that they don't have all of those things, but that they catch them and they course correct them, right? Because as human beings, we all have them. Most people, when they have them, they spiral into them. Learning how to stop the spiral is one of the hardest things I ever did, but it was also the thing that set me free because Mm -hmm. as soon as I could catch myself and say, whoa, 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 this is a red flag. That's going to take me in the wrong direction. That's when I could start going in the right direction. Yeah, I love it. Beautiful lesson to learn. Thank you, Tara. And I'm sure we could talk about so much more, but maybe we'll just have you back on the podcast once people I would have love that taken some of these lessons and gone through we it. We could talk about so much more. <laughs> yeah, it'd be really good. And this has been great. Thanks also for challenging my some of my assumptions around this stuff and also allowing me to see like as the action taker here, how that can filter and have a different perspective on mindset for others who who might be stuck, as you said, in that kind of wanting to manifest, but not actually then taking the action. So really, really good differentiation there. Where is the best place for people to find out about you, work with you, or just, you know, dig into this more? Yes. My website is exotara.us. And if you go to exotara.us slash imposter, you can see a masterclass on this. It will walk you through all of the eight steps and it will show you the actual practices, like the daily habits that you need to be implementing to start changing the imposter syndrome habit, because that's really all this is, is a habit in your brain of thinking you're not good enough. So how do we actually change that? And it will walk you through all of those things. And for everybody that's coming from your podcast, if they use the code untapped, they'll actually get 50% off of this masterclass. Wow, that is awesomely generous. Thank you. Absolutely. And then I also have a weekly YouTube video that I do, and I just talk about things like mindset, obviously, but also the things that are most influenced by our mindset, like money, time, organization, family, boundaries, all of those types of things. The types of things that as entrepreneurs, we know are impacting our business, but we're not necessarily paying enough attention to when our business is struggling, right? Yeah. And yeah, I would love to connect with people over there as well. 
Awesome. Thank you for that. I will link to that in the show notes. And just, I guess, final thoughts to leave the listeners with about how they can tap into their potential. Anything that just comes to mind in the moment. Yeah. You know what just came to mind? Pretend that this is not so hard. Pretend that all this is, is you figuring out which daily habits will take you in the direction you want to go. Because ultimately, success comes down not to the big giant breakthrough moments or the big giant ahas or the big giant projects that you put into place. It's not the big things you do once. It's the tiny little things you do every day, right? It's the making sales phone calls or sending sales emails or having sales conversations and hitting a certain number of those every week. It's, it's making content. It's just doing the daily things on ourself and in our business. So if you can turn your success into a habit, you can put it on autopilot. And that's when you just get into the flow of things rolling and snowballing and eventually avalanching into where you want to go. I love it. It's great to think about and to know that that's possible. So for those of you listening, we'll definitely link to Tara in the show notes and I'll repeat the URLs at the end as well. But thank you so much for your generosity and time today. It's been awesome. And this was just touching on one main topic. So imagine. Oh my gosh. This was scratching the surface of one tiny topic when it comes to all of mindset. And it was so fun to do, Natalie. Thank you so much for having me here. Thank you. So I really, really hope you enjoyed that episode. I got Tara on specifically to talk about imposter syndrome because it has become such a key thing with every single client that I'm talking to, including myself right now, as I've stepped up well beyond my comfort zone in the last couple of months and I'm freaking loving it. And I've really done the work on my mindset to now be in place of flow and power and enthusiasm and joy and effortless grace but I also know the sticky horrible shitty part before that when you're just so down on yourself and telling yourself all the reasons why your big dreams won't work so this interview I hope was just the start of you digging into that for yourself I would love to know how you found it please take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram at Natalie Sisson and share your ahas share this with all the friends who need to know how to get out of their own way. And don't forget as well to come across to the show notes, which are at nataliesisson.com forward slash podcast and look this episode up with Tara Wagner. Or you can head to XO as in kisses and hearts. So xotara.us forward slash imposter. And if you want to grab her masterclass and 50% off, then enter the code untapped, which is super awesome that she offered that. I'm probably going to go grab it myself. This is also a topic that I'm covering off in my book, Suck It Up Princess. So you'll know that this conversation will fuel what I've already written about this and just continue to help me and you learn more about what makes us tick and how to tap into our potential and unleash all of our awesome. Thanks so much for listening and tune in next week for another episode of the Untapped Podcast.